This is Learn It From An 80s Song. I am your coach, Patricia Freiberg. This is I Love the 80s meets the healing of storytelling and the positive impact of music. Inspiring guests share their powerful stories, yielding incredible strengths. Through both story and music, this podcast will elevate your mood, providing you with a positive outlook. It will ignite recall so that you can tap into your own life experiences. We don't just hear the knowledge and wisdom gained from our podcast guests. Through powerful story, we can live it. Today, we have a very special guest. Please welcome Errol Emplokiu. He is an actor, writer, and director. He believes in starting important conversations for the greater good. He recently debuted a short film, PSA, on gender equality. Welcome, Errol. It's so great to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Patricia. I really appreciate it. Well, this is the part of the show where we do the big reveal of what 80s song we're going to be talking about today. Can I get a drum roll, please? Errol, what is the song that best resonates with your story that you're going to tell us today? Uh, The song that best resonates with my story is Man in the Mirror by uh, Michael Jackson. Yes. (laughs) Such a great song. I've been listening to it all morning long, and it's just <laughs> such, it's just beautiful. You can't help but be inspired by the lyrics of that song and I agree. Uh, the true talent of Michael. Mm-hmm. 100%. I mean, he was a huge inspiration to me growing up uh, as like a dancer and musician. And I mainly like knew him for like his dancing and like the moonwalk and all that stuff like that. But then when I listen to like the lyrics of his music, they really are very impactful, not just like Man in the Mirror, but like Black and White and like all of these other types of songs. They just really speak to how we can affect change in the world. So, yeah, so great. You know what else I love about this audience is that Errol is not a Gen Xer and (laughs) he's a young man. And uh, what what would you be categorized in? Gen Z? Uh, I believe Gen Z. I was born in the 90s. So, okay. uh, yeah. So, so Great. So enough to be inspired by the 80s. And that's what mm-hmm. I love about, you know, this podcast, guys, is that so much happened in the 80s um, that really, you know, transcends all generations. And to see young people like Errol, you know, be inspired, even though they didn't grow up during that time, but yet still... Uh, be inspired. It's pretty amazing. I agree. I mean, like my my dad, like really, he's a big musician, and he uh he really passed along like the music that he listened to uh, when he was growing up, especially like coming to the United States in the eighties and everything like that. So really oh, wow. inspired. So, me, so. <laughs> oh, so he immigrated here in the eighties. Yeah, from the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Oh, very yeah. good. Wow, what mm-hmm. type of musician was he, Earl? Uh, he uh he played the guitar and the piano, and he sang. So. But he was just like an at-home musician, you know, he's a nurse. So that's what he does for his actual job. Oh, very good. Wow. That's, Mm -hmm. that's, that's fantastic. Um, So Errol, you know, tell us your story that best resonates with the song. So the story that best resonates with the song was when, when I was growing up, when you get to the middle school age, 
you know, you're kind of resistant to a lot of things. You're very uh, hard-headed, very stubborn. You can be kind of a challenging person, you know, because you're really trying to figure out who you are. And, you know, I, I think that even though this is like a thing I don't like to admit about myself, but it's a very true part of my life. Like I was a bully. Uh, that's something that I was in middle school. And I gave a lot of people a hard time. And I didn't realize how selfish I was when I was at that age. Because like, I don't know, you're just trying to fit in. You're just trying to like figure yourself out. And you don't realize how many people you're affecting in your life uh, by making those selfish decisions. And towards the end of my middle school time, when I was in eighth grade, my father had a heart attack. And that event really impacted my life because I saw it as a full result of my own actions. My dad and I had talked about doing the lawn, like I was supposed to mow the lawn for him because it was, you know, getting tall and all this stuff. Uh, And my dad has like a lot of health issues and everything like that. But me being like, I I don't know how old you are when you're in eighth grade, I forgot, like 12 years old or something like that, (laughs) you know, a 12 year old kid and not, and taking my, my family for granted. I told him, no, I don't want to, I don't want to mow the lawn. I'm tired. I just had a full day of school. Like that's challenging. (laughs) And so my dad decided to take it upon himself to go mow the lawn himself. Right. And he went out and did that. And I just decided to take a nap, watch TV, whatever. And then my younger brother came, uh, came downstairs and was just like, oh, aren't you supposed to be mowing the lawn, helping dad out? And then uh, I was like, yeah, but I'm tired. And my brother was just like, okay, I'm going to go out and help him. So my brother went out to go help him. And then he came back in like carrying my dad. And uh, he was like, my dad was like, I'm having a heart attack. Call the, call the ambulance, call, call your mom. And I was just frozen and I didn't know what to do. And in that moment, I really saw the results of my actions for the first time in my life. And from that moment on, you know, I decided to take a look at myself. And that's where this song kind of comes into play, Man in the Mirror, because it's a song about self-reflection and making a change in your life to make a positive change in the world. And wow. that's, that's kind of uh, where I really learned to look at myself and love myself and love the other people around me as well. You know, so. Wow. Well, first off, you know, Errol, you know, thank you for your vulnerability and, and telling such a, an incredibly powerful story. I knowing you, um, so how Errol and I know each other is we've been in improv class with Second City uh, pretty much all of 20, all yeah. of 2020. <laughs> all of the <laughs> pandemic, yeah. <laughs> so, I've really enjoyed the classes and enjoyed being in class with Errol. And my vision of you, Errol, is that you probably are one of the kindest, you know, nicest, just, and funny, uh, you know, funniest (laughs) people I know. And, um, you know, and I appreciate your vulnerability in sharing that story because, you know, we all have moments in our lives um, as human beings that we are, we're not proud of, right? I Mm -hmm. mean, every single person has that. But to be able to take that experience and to be able to change your life, essentially, Mm -hmm. I mean, from that experience, and your father is still with us today, correct? Yes, he is. Luckily, since he is a nurse, he knew the symptoms. He knew that he was having a heart attack. And luckily, we were able to, you know, figure it out, like, really quickly what to do. So, Well, thank God. And thank God he's Mm -hmm. okay. And and how is your relationship today? Oh, with my father? Yeah. 
Uh, it's really good. You know, he's uh, become really supportive in my life and my life choices. When after all that happened, I became very dedicated to just like doing whatever he said, you know, and really listening to his words. But in that, I also didn't realize I wasn't looking at myself and what I wanted as well. And coming into now after college and really figuring out that I wanted to pursue entertainment and acting, you know, me and my dad have talked about it and he's become really supportive of my life, even though it's not what he had planned for me, you know, before. Wow. Mm-hmm. So great to be as young as you are, Errol, and to have that, you know, relationship with with your dad at such a young, you know, at such a young age <laughs> to be able to have that accept, acceptance in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people spend their lives not having that conversation, you know. It's scary. <laughs> it's very <Yeah>. scary. <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. uh, when, sorry to interrupt you. No, yeah, please do. I remember when I graduated from college, like I studied biomedical engineering. That's what I studied. And like six months in uh, into my career life or my adult life, working life, I realized that I wanted, I still wanted to pursue acting and entertainment because that was a thing I wanted to do in high school. And I talked about it with my dad and I had this whole speech prepared. And literally when I told my dad, I want to move to LA and pursue acting, my dad was like, go do it. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? And he was like, go do it. You did everything I asked you to do up till now. And if you're not happy, then go be happy. And I was just like, that meant wow. the world to me. Yeah. So. Yes. Yes. And I, you know, we had an improv audience. We had an improv show just a couple of weeks ago and Errol, Errol's parents were there, which was yeah. so fun. So yeah. fun. <laughs> Very um, vocal in the chat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great well it sounds like you know they're your biggest fans now right yeah they're very supportive and i really appreciate them yeah yeah so you know i you know we we went over you know how the song resonated uh with the story something mm-hmm. else we want to discuss is um you know what strengths you gained from that experience so for audience for those of you who aren't aware of the VIA character strengths assessment. It's an assessment you take, it's free. Uh, and it's, it really describes who you are to your core. And, and it's pretty spot on. Every person I've had take this test, and I'm, I'm a strengths-based practitioner, has been like, wow, how did this happen? And, on, and personally, I've taken the test twice and have come up pretty much with the exact same formula. Maybe Mm -hmm. two were shifted, right? Uh But that's it. And the why behind taking this test, here's the why behind taking the assessment. We want to, our brains are, are such that we always see the negative. Like we see flaws, we see danger. And that's how we're hardwired. So by learning our strengths, we can have more positive outcomes. And by learning these, we can deal with obstacles and situations that might come up and change our overall well-being just by knowing and using our strengths. A lot of people go through life with like a blindness to knowing their strengths. But with engaging our strengths, we can live, you know, that that hap- you know, get to our happiest self and our best self by knowing and using them. Now, As we look at the strengths, so when you take the assessment, you'll see there are 24 of them. There are 24 virtues, 24 strengths that you'll see there. And a lot of times people have a tendency 
to look at their lesser strengths or they'll call them their weaknesses. But at the bottom of the 24, those are not weaknesses. Those are just strengths that you don't use as often. Like one of mine is bravery. I'm not the bravest person. I I err on the side of safety, you know, most of the time. And I watch carefully words I say and but it's not a weakness of mine. It's just not a strength that I exercise on a, on a regular basis where you I would agree. see a firefighter or a police officer or um, someone in the military. Bravery would probably be pretty high for them, I imagine. So Errol, as part of, I'm adding this now to the podcast, Errol took the assessment and I want to hear, Errol, what strengths you ended up um, seeing uh, from your assessment. And then how did that resonate with your story? For sure. Yeah. Uh, So I guess I'll say the top five. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the top five that I had were fairness as number one, kindness as number two, hope as number three, judgment as number four, and leadership as number five. So those are the top five strengths that I have. And the second part of the question was, how did those strengths play a factor right, uh, in my life? Mm-hmm. And I would say a lot of these do come from a result of the incident that happened with my father. You know, uh, As I said before, I was someone who is stereotypically described as a bully before you know, in middle school. And after the event happened with my dad, in high school, I apologized to all of the kids that I had victimized. And I had conversations with them and really wanted to get to know them. And when you do that and find a way for forgiveness, not only for yourself, but for, you know, all of those involved, you really get a chance to see perspectives from all sides. And you get to see the type of life that those people were living and the things that you may have been judging them for. They were results of stuff that may have happened in their own personal life. And there's no reason to judge that. And that learning all of that and coming to terms with that as I looked more at myself and then looking at the world around me, I realized that we shouldn't let our bias and our opinions control how we look at others and how we look at the world. We need to be able to look at every person from all perspectives and try and understand the life that they're going through, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense. And Errol, it's so beautifully said. And I especially think during this time, we need to be particularly aware of how people might be feeling. And, mm-hmm. and you know, for me, social intelligence is one of my, is my number two strength. And, mm-hmm. you know, I use that, and especially during this time, to really, you just don't know in this pandemic what's happening to them from a, mm-hmm. um, an emotional standpoint. Exactly. Uh, and, um, and it's just, Errol, I, I commend you on how you went back to, uh, you know, as the bully, you went back to the people and, and talked to them. I can't imagine how that must have been for them. I mean, mm-hmm. what was their response? Take us back a little bit. Uh, in all honesty, a lot of them were like, uh, it's, it's strange because a lot of them didn't see it as like bullying. They just kind of thought of it as like part of what happened, you know, just part of their life, yes. you know? And so like when I pointed it out, they never thought of it that way, you know, even though the things I may have done or said to them were like terrible things, but they did appreciate the fact that uh, I went back to them and decided to have this conversation with them and understand them better. 
And it did help me to either build relationships or at least like bridge whatever, like whatever information wasn't known between the two of us, you know? And even if we didn't become like best friends afterwards, at least we were able to understand each other, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so great. So in 2020, like now, I'd love for you to share, you know, how you're using your strengths currently. And it sounds like, I mean, really that event that happened to you was really 360 degree turn. You know, I mean, it just, you went all, you know, all, all the way around and, Mm -hmm. and looking at your strengths, just your virtues of kindness, you know, of, of fairness of, I'm looking at them now, hope and judgment, mm-hmm. you know, leadership. So I see those in you. I mean, I see those for you from being in class with you. Um, I appreciate you know, that. <laughs> Errol is the leader, you know, of our, you know, of our group. We have the improv <laughs> pals and he set that up and he's always very inclusive. And I'm like, guys, I am the oldest person in that class, probably by a good 20 years. <laughs> oh, and you don't nice. seem like it at all, Patricia. <laughs> I, right. Uh, thank you, Errol. Uh, so, you know, it's nice as an old lady to be uh, I- included in, in, the, in the improv pals as well. But, um, you know, how, how do you continue to use the strengths here in 2020? I would say, like, I lead everything with kindness. Um, that's, like, how I lead my life, you know, uh, trying to do good things for people without looking for anything in return, just because that's how we should live our lives. You know, there shouldn't, like there shouldn't be a bargain for kindness, you know. <laughs> but I feel like that's kind of how uh, modern society has taken kindness uh, now, mm-hmm. you know. Like one of my favorite shows, Friends, they talked about how like you don't do anything kind just out of goodwill, you know. And they had a whole conversation about that. And you know, I honestly think that there are people who do kind things just for the kindness of them. And I try to lead all of my projects and messages with them. So during this 2020 year with the pandemic happening, you know, I. I'm pursuing film and acting and everything like that. And I never thought about creating my own projects. You know, I was always looking for projects to be a part of. And with Hollywood slowing down and the entertainment industry slowing down significantly, you know, I was like, what can I do in this time to stay busy? So I decided to create my own projects and, you know, using kindness as a way to help try and incite change within our own communities and not you know maybe it's not like major but the biggest thing i want to do is to inspire people to have conversations you know and inspire people to try and learn and do their own digging so that they can find their own opinions on things rather than just like listening to what people are shouting at them you know mm-hmm. you should believe in this you should you know you should do this like learn for yourself learn the information learn what the problems are and then in that way, you can become more informed and open-minded and make your own decisions yourself. Because I do believe that people are genuinely kind and good. I genuinely believe that. You know, it's just mm-hmm. because of ways that they may have grown up, they might have grown spiteful of this world. So, but initially, I think everyone is good-natured. And I think that yeah. this is where the hope, you know, comes along. You know, so with my messages, I want to inspire hope. And I think that hope starts with conversation. And it's not easy. It's not easy at all. I've had a lot of tough conversations with different types of people. But the thing is, even if we have very contrasting views on opinions, I still do my best to make a conversation with them and try and understand where they're coming from and what they see 
and also try to share my viewpoints with them in a way that they can understand you know, what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to tell them what to do. I'm just trying to say my observations of like what I've observed around the world around me. And I've been able to have productive conversations with very contrasting people. So yeah. it's been really interesting this 2020 year. And I've been able to make this PSA addressing gender issues because that's one of the things that really resonates deeply in my heart, uh, observing a lot of strong and powerful women in my life and seeing the challenges that they face, especially in the world of science and tech. There is a huge discrepancy of like what women have to go through in that field just to get a leg up. And it's, it's just wrong, you know? And I hope that the gender issues PSA addresses that topic of how women should have equal opportunity to move up in this world. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was I was so struck by your PSA and and your inspiration. And I'd love to know, you know, what was mm. that moment? What was that stimulus? That what that was like, you know what? I'm making this about gender and equality and what was that for you? Mm. And thank you for from all the women out there. We appreciate <laughs> you. I, I I appreciate that a lot. It really means a lot to me. You know, I had a lot of conversations with many different women and from all of the different versions of my screenplay. Uh, I wrote seven versions of it over the course of a week. And every single time I improved it based off of conversations I had with women who have, uh, you know, had their opinions about the way things were worded, what types of scenes to include, things of that sort. I really appreciate all the women involved for helping to create this message as a stronger message. But yeah, uh, the stimulus uh, for what made me decide to choose that, uh, it's, I mean, it's just something that I've always been trying to work towards uh, for a long time. Uh, so like when I, I made this PSA for a Sundance uh, collaboration challenge, right? And it's to create a PSA on a social topic that you care about. So a couple of the things that I thought about were like racial issues, uh, gender issues, mental health issues. Like those are a couple of the things that I thought about. But uh, I've already created a, a racial issues short film. So I was like, okay, that's something I wanted to talk about. And I've created a message for that. So the next thing in line that was like really big for me was uh, gender issues. And I also created something kind of addressing like mental health, like depression and dealing with that uh, with two of my other short films as well that I released this year. Some people might see it as a relationship thing, but I, deal, I, I think of it as coping with loss, you know, and coping yeah. with understanding yourself. And I was like, okay, I need to make a step towards highlighting gender issues. Mm -hmm. I have been working on like a screenplay for like the last three years for like a feature length film thing that addresses gender issues. And it's kind of about the experiences that uh, I, I witnessed in college uh, and talking about like the issues that women have to deal with in college and in science and tech. So, but yeah, uh, that's kind of like, all of the stimulus uh, yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Which is a lot. And, it, and it's just, mm -hmm. I love how underneath it all, Errol, it really comes down to service and mm -hmm. it comes down to being of service to others and how we can lift each other up. Mm -hmm. And especially during this time, I watched your short, I'm, I'm actually uh, in, in his short, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, PSA. Thank you very and much, Patricia, for being in that. I, I really was appreciate honored. You. I was honored to be in it and it is magnificent. It's so well put together. He should be the winner in Sundance. So, um, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> you've got my vote. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> and you know, you know, it was, 
you know, it was also cool is that actually I had my son film my little part and Mm -hmm. I then shared what you were working on, which was really inspiring to him as a teenager, you know, 15 year old. And yeah, so that's really interesting. It was our Thanksgiving uh, dinner conversation, you know, it was just about what you were working on. And, and then they were like, well, what inspired him? And I said, I need to find that out. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'll be having him on the podcast and I'll ask, you know, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So, um, that's really yeah. interesting to learn about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So good. And, you know, I also wanted to, sh- you know, learn a little bit about, you know, what's next for you, because this is the last, uh, podcast of 2020. 2020. <laughs> 2020. We were forever. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's been a long you. year. <laughs> it's been a long year. So really I went into year. this year really hopeful. I was doing a a career change. I was shifting. Mm. Um, I was a therapist, you know, uh, for a long time. And Mm. when I moved to California, um, George, my son was one. And so I really wanted to focus in on motherhood and I just stayed in the Mm. fitness industry, um, and didn't continue, uh, my therapy career. But then I ended up in uh, fitness management for, Mm. uh, you know, another good decade. And I came to a point um, and I think it, uh, it was around the time, October of last year, and then into, you know, losing my father at the end mm-hmm. of 2019, really looking at life and, you know, where I could be of service and where would I be using my strengths at their most, at their mm-hmm. core. And, you know, a couple things interest me, which was, you know, uh, public speaking, which is how I ended up in improv. I love public <laughs> speaking. I love engaging people. I love mm-hmm. learning about others. And then how could I get back into my therapy career, but not in the traditional sense, right? For sure. Um, yeah. I had a unique experience of, of having a many years in management and then also many years um, as a therapist and mm. coaching seemed to be the place to go. And I've sure. been, that's my goal for 2020 <laughs> was to complete my advanced coaching certificate with the College um, of Executive Coaching. Mm-hmm. So not only will I complete that, I'm almost done. I, I'm almost, I'm working on my essay right now. I'll complete that. I also did the well-being and positive psychology coaching. Um, so this health and wellness coaching and launched a podcast. So 2020, you know, while as hard as it's been for me personally, I've dialed into my strengths. I've had the time to reflect and I've used the time to really figure out I have opportunities for next chapters, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's where I've had 2020 has been my year to really solidify my next chapter and get myself, get the wheels on and and ready to go for (laughs) 2021. So I am optimistic as I was for 2020. (laughs) I don't know what that means, but yeah, so I remain optimistic you know, for that's great. 21. And, um, I'm excited to do improv shows live, you know, at some time. Hopefully yeah. I really hope so. It's, yeah. Cause the, we've been doing the zoom improv and hey, yeah. listen, we're learning a lot of skills. We're still mm. learning the steps, but it's mm. just not the same as having a live audience. A live audience. I feel you with that 100%. <laughs> so tell us, Errol, what is your vision for 2021? For sure. Uh, I just want to say congratulations on all of your accomplishments in 2020. Seriously, uh, that is something that should be, uh, you know, <laughs> applause. So um, no problem. Uh, and I do want to say that I do see your tenacity in class and I do see how how engaged you are all the time and trying to learn your best and study. 
And I really admire that. And it inspires me to really try and like do my best to pay attention and learn with the rest of the group. Seeing like somebody like you asking great questions to, you know, to our teacher and really being involved. So <laughs> no problem. As for uh, myself for 2021, uh, I do have a lot of goals that I do want to achieve. Yesterday, actually, I, I attended this uh, webinar on how to submit to the daytime Emmys, right? Uh, as an independent film filmmaker. Oh. Yeah. Cool. And I learned that anyone can submit to the daytime Emmys. It's just a little expensive, but anyone can do it. So <laughs> even if you have your projects on YouTube, you can submit to the daytime Emmys. So that's very interesting. And I learned a lot of information about it yesterday. So that is definitely a goal that I have for 2021 to submit something to the daytime Emmys uh, and create like, I've been working on this pilot kind of about life after college, right? And I decided to write something on that because specifically for, for me, after college, I didn't go through the most like uh, straightforward path, right? I didn't go towards like the engineering route, making the money, paying off my student loan. I decided to go pursue my passion, right? But along this path, I've met so many different types of people who have experienced life in different ways, whether or not they went to college, and it's been really interesting this, to observe those types of lifestyles and those types of people and how everyone eventually finds their own way to happiness. So hopefully I can like finish writing up that pilot and then release like, a handful of episodes for a first season next year and then possibly submit it to a daytime Emmy. So yes. uh, that is definitely a goal for sure. <laughs> Well, given all that you've accomplished this year in this PSA, putting this together during a pandemic, guys, if you can imagine <laughs> trying to put together any type of film during this time, um, mm -hmm. you know, without a huge production team, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is an editing and producing it the whole nine yards. Yeah. Um, and California, like, was locking down, you know. Yep, at the same time. <laughs> at the same time. So, mm -hmm. Errol, like, huge congratulations to getting it. And you guys have to check out this PSA. It's on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, and it's under, Errol, it's under your name, correct? That's right. Mm -hmm. It and is under my name, Errol Ampelokyu. And it is the featured video on my channel. So it will be the first video that you see if you go on my channel. So, <laughs> Yes. And everybody needs to check it out. It's so incredible what you've done. And thank you again from all the women out there. Mm -hmm. um, and Sundance, if you're listening, make sure <laughs> that Errol wins. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate your kind words, Patricia. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's timely and it's perfect. You know what I love about young people, you know, yourself and then my kids is that mm. they are so aware now. Yeah, of, I agree. And they're so passionate about mm -hmm. rights. And, I agree. And I feel like the example that I heard uh, on a podcast um, was, you know, how we sweep things under the rug. And, you know, and I feel like mm. for many generations, we've been aware of things. We've tried mm -hmm. to make some change, mm -hmm. but it really kind of got a little swept under. And now yeah. there's that big mound in the middle of the room. Now, I feel like your generation specifically, I feel like you guys are the ones like, hey, this is all wrong <laughs> and let's <laughs> do something about it. I feel like we've, we've made efforts and we've tried mm -hmm. over the years, um, yeah. but I feel like you guys are acknowledging it and 
really putting in like, let's fix it. How can we fix mm-hmm. this? Yeah, I agree with that 100%. You know, and I think it's mainly because of the availability of technology and social media. Um, because the thing is, like, you know, before everything you learned was through the news, like through like traditional news, like, and all of that is very controlled media. Not that like that's bad or anything like that. You know, it's just very controlled media and they can control what they let people see. But now we live in an age where everything is seen. You know, yeah. you see all of the good and all of the bad. And because of that, all of the young people I feel are very socially aware of what's going on in the world. And there are definitely a lot of people who are making moves to try and inspire change to help us move towards a brighter future. And yes, I love that. I love your optimistic view. And do you have an action item for our audience today? You know, something that I always give one on, on the show and I would love uh-huh. for you to give an action item, whether it be being aware, um, making yourself, how to make yourself more aware of gender mm-hmm. biases. You know, what would be a marching order, you know, for our audience today, a little takeaway? I would say do research, you know, mm-hmm. learn, you know, that's the biggest thing you can do. Become more aware. Uh, and you do that by going onto these websites. If you go on to my PSA and you check it out, I do link three websites that talk about Uh, gender bias, gender violence, and gender issues. If you click on those links and decide to read through their message, like the website's message, read about stories and things of that sort, um, and become more informed uh, of the resources available, as well as like what's happening in this world, that is like the first step for sure. 100% doing your best to become more informed. So yes, mm -hmm. yes. Love that. Love that guys. So there you have it. Uh, Errol, you know, do some research. Please check out his PSA. Okay. Mm, thank you. <laughs> and 80s trends. Now, I know you don't live, uh, you did not live during the 80s, and I'm sorry. I did not. That. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. I did get a perm, though. I don't know if that's an 80s thing, but I did get a perm. <laughs> so. It is an 80s thing, so yeah. good for you. Thank you. <laughs> um, tell us, like, what 80s trends, you know, if you could look back. You know, which mm-hmm. ones were exciting to you? I mean, like, uh, my, my biggest thing is D&D, Dungeons & Dragons. I'm a huge nerd for D&D. But the main reason why I do love it uh, is because it allows people to access their creativity. You know, it allows people to not only just take a break from what's happening in life, but to really just, like, play with their mind and, like, different types of uh, emotions and different types of thoughts, because you're trying to live your your life as this character, you know, and it's very interesting. I've seen I've seen it help a lot of people. In all honesty, it's making a trend coming back in the late 2010s and then into the 2020s. And I've I've seen how it's helped a lot of people with their mental health and their emotional issues. And honestly, that's one of the reasons why I do love it because it gives people an outlet to express those emotions in a fantasy realm. Whereas in real life, you know, they can't express those emotions. They, they might be too afraid to express those emotions, you know? So, wow. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> I had an older brother and, uh-huh. you know, I do have a brother, older brother. Uh, For sure. it's, his, it's his birthday today. Uh, Happy birthday back. to him. Mm-hmm. Yes. His name is Ed Richardson. I played Dungeons and Dragons with him. Now, I will say it was a little bit like of torture for me to play as, and I, you know, I was considerably younger than he was. So it was, you know, I would lose, you know, plus his brain just Uh worked beautifully in that strategy. Whereas I just love the beautiful dice. 
And mm-hmm. they came in all different <laughs> shapes because I played it truly in the 80s. It's not the virtual version. This is yeah, like, exactly. You roll. There's a you 20, roll the dice. You twenty sided, mm-hmm. you know, dice that were like blue and purple. They look like yep. gems. And yeah, so they do. That, that excited me as a youngster. Um, was pl- playing Dungeons and Dragons with my older mm-hmm. brother and getting to just handle the gems for a moment's time, just to roll them. So that's so beautiful. Um, <laughs> I will say that my uh, my older son George he mm-hmm. plays Dungeons and Dragons, and there's actually a club at his school that's a D and D club. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so through this pandemic, they've been playing D and D a lot. I'm sure. I'm sure. And I'm sure it's so, given them some sort of relief, you know, to like being stuck at home and all this stuff like absolutely. that, you know, so in a way, you know, cause zoom, I mean, there's only so many times you can talk on the phone <laughs> and uh, zoom at where mm-hmm. the conversation goes stale. Right. Exactly. And so by having an activity to do together, you know, mm-hmm. it, it makes uh, such a difference and, you know, it does. yeah, as a mom, I used to <laughs> limit screen time and this and that, but during the pandemic, I'm like, whatever, you know, at this point, it's like, however you, you know, how are we going to get through this time together? And, mm-hmm. you know, having outlets, like you said, like Dungeons and Dragons online for him, you mm-hmm. know, um, and playing with friends has been really therapeutic. So I'm I, sure I'm glad you brought that to my attention, too. Of course, of course, no problem at all. And I'm really uh, uh, honestly, I wasn't expecting uh, that, you know, for you to say your story. Um, and it's really it was really interesting because, I mean, I do love the feel of the dice and just the look of the dice. There's nothing like it, you know? So Yeah, definitely. I actually, you have them right there? I got them right there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Literally, yep. Like, oh here my you gosh, go. It's beautiful. the 20-sided dice. Is that the 20-sided? Yep. Is it 20-sided? Yep, I it's see. a blue and black with gold yes. writing on it. So, yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> is 100% so a beautiful gem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so yeah. great. Well, um, Errol, how do people get a hold of you once again? I want people to be able mm-hmm. to access uh, all the information that you are putting out there. For sure, of course. Uh, you can check out my YouTube, Errol Ampeloku, A-E-R-R-O-L space A-M-P-E-L-O-Q-U-I-O. It's very long, I know. <laughs> but that's my YouTube. Uh, if you want to contact me, uh, I'm always open to emails, uh, which is errol.ampeloku at gmail.com. Uh, I'm always open to conversation and learning more about different stories and collaborating as well. And then lastly, you can check out my Instagram, which is a y y y R O L L A roll. So, yes. yeah. <laughs> yes, very cool. Yes. So great. Well, thank you, Errol, for being on the show today. Uh, mm-hmm. Happy New Year. Thank you for having me. Everyone. Happy New Year's. Yep. Yes. And let's, you guys, let's all, you know, think optimistically about 2021. We are going mm-hmm. to get to be together at some point during that year. I just know it. <laughs> I hope so too. And I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank you so much, Patricia. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. So So fun. Thank you so much for listening. We want to hear from you. First of all, tell us how these totally rad stories have inspired you. If you have a story with an 80s song inspiration, we want to hear it. You think this podcast is like totally tubular? Well, we would love your review. Stay connected with us on Podopolo and download the app today. Visit me at www.patriciafreiberg.com. 
thank you, and we look forward to a double boost of inspiration next Motivational Music Monday.